It's all things MMA for Scoreline.ie and KCLR. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always on screen and in your ears by Mr. Miles Price. Look how easy it was to do that uh, this we week. Got it. You just, we just, we just got this thing down. Uh, how are you, sir? How are things? Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, week's going really well. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just finished a bit of an old training session there. Uh, earlier on so yeah yeah very good good. Uh, you had a couple of guys fighting we mentioned it last week uh, on the podcast Uh, you had a couple of guys uh, up the north you were back up to the Devonish I do believe up the wee north yeah how did things go good Kale won by rear naked choke Uh, unfortunately Lee and Thomas lost but you know I did all I wouldn't say unfortunately I'd say that in winning or losing you learn a lot about yourself it builds character so fair play to the lads you know they're they're the 1% at the end of the day to go in there and challenge themselves and and fight in a cage you know so there's a lot to be learned Mm -hmm. from it it's all part of the journey it was all their first fight so Kale just came out with the victory this time you know Nice. Uh, and uh, while we may have suggested it before the or uh, last week or the or the week before, uh, is there plans for for any more? Have you got any any more competitors out between here and, and the end of the year? Or was was this a kind of a? I know Paul had been out in the last couple of weeks, um, and then with three lads out at the weekend, uh, that mm. that kind of made for for a busy a busy couple of weeks. Yeah. So in December, we have. We have Kale, Maddie, Paul, Thomas. Uh, there's definitely a few more guys there. I just don't can't get them at the top of my head right now. But there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of lads fighting on that day, basically. They're, yeah. they're so, there yeah. anyway. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, more, they are. Yeah, more, yeah. more power so, to them. Uh, we've got plenty of things uh, to talk about and, and touch on uh, this week. Obviously, what we want to do, because uh, today is Wednesday. Uh, UFC 280 is coming up at the weekend. Everybody's back out in, in Abu Dhabi enjoying what's obviously not Irish weather, but the, the, the good weather and the good life. Uh, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and there, there's a couple of other stories that have, have filtered have filtered out and will probably weave their way through uh, UFC 280 as they've become part of uh, the narrative. The card as it stands, which is going to be this coming weekend, uh, it's on Saturday night or in the very early hours of Sunday morning. You'll be able to watch it on BT Sport uh, or e, I presume ESPN or some something along those lines anyway. Uh, is the UFC mm-hmm. 280 card. The vacant lightweight championship is the main event as Charles Oliveira and Islam Makhachev. Uh, then we're going to see yeah. the uh, Bantamweight title up for grabs. Uh, Aljamain Sterling as defending champion against TJ Dillashaw, who's getting a who's getting a shot at uh, at his old belt. Uh, see if he can pull that one back. Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley uh, in a fight that possibly makes superstars, according to Sean O'Malley. Benil Dariush and Matthias Gamrot, uh, Caitlin Chikagi and Manon Furo are are closing out. That's the main card side of things. A couple of good things on the undercard: Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady are going to top that. Volkan Ozdemir. Uh, and Nikita Krylov in a kind of a, I was going to say an Eastern European class. I think Nikita's Ukrainian. Um, but uh, nice to see no time back out again. And there'll be, no doubt, there'll be a couple of surprises as there have been on the on the the uh, the early uh, fights and on the the early prelims and then the, the actual prelims but we're going to focus on on those three uh, main events again or the the three kind of key fights so Jan O'Malley uh, Sterling Dillashaw and Oliveira uh, Makachev because 
a lot of stuff has happened in between. Um, we, we've learned a couple of permutations that, for example, the, the winner of Yan and O'Malley is next in line for uh, a bantamweight title shot, regardless of, of who comes out on top between Aljo and uh, TJ at the weekend. Uh, we know that Alexander Volkanovsky was named as the stand-in for uh, the lightweight yeah, yeah. title. Uh, so in case Oliveira comes out or misses weight or Islam comes out or misses weight that we will still get a lightweight title fight. The title is still vacant anyway. So somebody's going home with it this weekend. One of the three, but presumably one of either Oliveira and Makachev. And if it's Oliveira or Makachev, then we know that uh, Volkanovski is going to be next in line for a crack at <coughs> the lightweight title. So maybe let's start there as the main event. Has anything in your opinion changed on what way you see Charles Oliveira and Islam Makachev going um, over the last two or three weeks since we last spoke about it? Uh, at the top of my head right now, I feel like my heart still says Oliveira, my head still says Islam Makachev. But I think that's a very, you know, simple narrative in regards to the, the 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 contest i think it's very messy i don't know who's going to win i really don't like you know i i, I think that Oliveira is just a completely different beast i think his iq is very very good i just think that it's either going to be Oliveira. Oh, i don't know i don't know i don't know it's one of those fights that usually usually i have like some sort of uh, an idea about who's going to win and stuff i just don't in this fight you know the two of them are too well matched for each other and i think that i could like you could easily see islam going five rounds and and making a bore fest with the takedowns but gee is he going to be able to like you know stay on top and not be in danger with with the submissions with Oliveira you know I highly doubt it you know and he's going to I think Oliveira is so good at wrestling up and he's so good at being active offensively on his back that he makes people posture up to give space and then he uses that space with up kicks or technically standing back up again and his striking is no doubt crisper than all than Makachev's. He's a crisper striker, definitely, you know. But Oliver Islam is an amazing striker too. He's just not as good as Oliveira. Is there if if they are so well matched, is there the concern that it drifts into that five round Boarfest territory and that both could come out and just be very not very cagey, probably more respectful, knowing that they're both very well matched uh, and, and respectful of each other's skill sets. Uh, or is is there something like, because I, I, there was something I'd read during the week, Oliveira coming out and saying like, whatever weaknesses you think he had, I'm totally paraphrasing here, but the weaknesses you think he had or the weaknesses that he has don't exist anymore. There are no weaknesses. Uh, Islam's not going to fear anybody. Do either of these guys need to come out and make a statement of intent and go, do you know what? We're just going to go at it. Toe to toe, first round, he who hits hardest and hits first wins. I think that if anybody's going to do that, it's Oliveira. who won't be Makachev. Okay. I don't think it'll be Makachev. I think Oliveira has fought. The reason why he's been fighting so well over the last couple of fights is because he has that forward pressure. And it's because he's very good at that in, intentional pacing forward, lifting his knee uh, willing to engage, you know, and just stay slightly out of range, but keep the forward pressure. 
Uh, I think that that's the change in Oliveira. I don't think Islam... Islam's actually a little bit more of a calculated athlete compared mm. to Oliveira. But I, I think <laughs> Oliveira has the IQ, but like he has the intensity. So I don't think it'll be Islam. I think it'll be Oliveira coming forward and putting the pressure on, you know? Do you see any weaknesses in either's game? Any I think the obvious, I think the obvious, like maybe maybe Oliveira might regress. Maybe he's gone through some personal stuff over the last fight camp. Maybe he's worn out of being a champion. And maybe something has gone on where he might automatically regress back to just wanting to to give up in a fight. You know the many factors that that, that come into that. Like uh, it, that that could happen. Mm. Uh, it's psychological psychologically. Islam, I don't think he has that. To be honest with you, I think he's he's pretty he's pretty calloused in his mindset. Uh, I think that skill wise, oh man, um, I think Islam could get caught by Oliveira striking. Definitely, I don't think Oliveira is able to submit Makachev. Uh, I also don't think he's able to take him down. But I do think that he has the skill to get back up to his feet. Uh, to make enough threats, enough wrestle-up attempts to strike and finish Islam. Uh, Islam can finish Oliveira, I think, kind of anywhere, really. I actually think he can. Mm. I think he can. I don't think he can submit him, actually. I don't think either of them are going to submit each other. But I think Islam can easily grind out a wrestling-style match, and he can finish Oliveira with striking his two. He has that power. Uh, Man, I don't know. Is that is that in that kind of that kind of Habib style where it was like, I'm just gonna out wrestle you and frustrate you, and you know, I know in the back is like when I need to when I need to strike, I can do it. Um, but he's you know he he could be happy to to drag things along or just make things physically awkward for Oliveira without imposing himself until like you're saying if he if he's that if he's that bit more clinical that he's and, and that bit more calculated um that would that we could see something like that happen it's like i just I'll, I'll i'll try and smother you with with the ground side of things with the wrestling side of things and then take my chances striking on the ground or on uh, the feet when when it's needed without rush without rushing into it it's a, think, tr- it's a tricky I one to nail, I, nail your, to nail to the mast, look. What's that? It's a tricky one to try and nail to the mast. It is, it is, re- it is really tricky. It's because they're so well matched, and the two of them have been very dominant over the last uh, last couple of fights, you know. And uh, as I was saying about Oliveira, like you can't dis- disregard who he is now from who he was before, you know. Uh, what's that quote don't remind a man of his past if he's trying to change right now you know what I mean and, like he's doing enough of that himself like he knows the person he was before but he also has developed into the person he is today because of that person in the past you know so I think Oliveira is the you know the working man's hero I think he's I think he's very resilient and I think that oh man it's just <laughs> I, I do think that Oliveira is a lot more well-rounded than Islam though I will say like I can't pick a dimension in Isla, in Oliveira's game that I go, he's not good at that, you know. Whereas in, I definitely think that Islam is a higher percentage wrestler above being a higher percentage jiu-jitsu or striker practitioner. Yeah, so I think Oliveira is the all-round package. I think Islam is extremely good at wrestling, but, you know, 
if he had to pick something that he could <laughs> potentially get caught with against Oliveira, it would be striking or jiu-jitsu. Okay, so last question on this one for you. Ignore what the head says and ignore what the heart says. Now nail your colours to the mast and tell me who's going to win this fight. Uh, you want me against the wall now on this one. Uh, here I'm in the firing lines. What am I going to do? Uh, oh, man. Uh, Oliveira. Oliveira by... TKO. Oh, oh okay. Wow. 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 Okay, you just three. said it. Round three. Round, <laughs> round three. three as well. That's a big call. That's a big call. Okay. Is, I, isn't it? Do you know what I, mean? for, I think like, if that was in the bookies, I'd have like a 1% chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick that down here on a list of post-its okay. for next week. I got somebody's oh, lovely okay. pen that I've picked up somewhere. So Oliveira, oh, round three, TKO. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. Okay, yeah. Now we're now we're going down this road. How about we we put something on the line? How we do that, Ken? <laughs> put something on the line. Put money where your mouth is. Grant, you get yeah, Oliveira round three TKO. I'll buy you lunch wherever you want in Kilkenny. Uh, what was it? Uh, Campania. Oh, Campania. Uh, I don't know. I think they're closed that day. Anyway, Mount Julia. Any of the five stars. Yeah, I think they're all washing their hair that day or something. We'll figure that part out later on. You're so calm. We need, we need your side now. Oh, look at it again. It's, uh, uh, the, the, the head heart The head heart says... Uh, the head heart says... <laughs> the head hurts is kind of Oliveira uh, with the heart side of things and Islam to, to cause a lot of trouble uh, on the head side of things um, I would I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for Oliveira I don't know if I don't know if it's if it's uh, I do think I do think he's he's got uh, he's got longevity if it needs to go beyond uh, second round third round into the fourth round uh, I would love to see uh, Oliveira by submission uh, fourth round Oliveira submission fourth round. Yeah, I think I think I, I think it'll go that deep. Oh yeah, and and it's I was going to say fourth round TKO, but I think he might he might just get it at the end of the third round. And look, this thing now, could all be know, over within. You know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if Islam wins? We just we'll just split lunch then. We just, just we we'll just split lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if Islam wins, he gets to fight Alexander Volkanovsky next. Uh, how would you see something like that happening? Because you've you've got. You know, Volkanovski's been cleaning up around uh, the featherweight side of things, had the trilogy with uh, Max Holloway. And, uh, you know, all, all went his all went his way, all went very favourable. Uh, and he's he's being thrown in as, as the next in line, which presumably rules Henry Cejudo out of any potential uh, coming out of retirement uh, and coming and coming back in for a crack at the at the the featherweight title, uh, at least for the moment. Anyway, if, if the view is to get Volkanovski to move up to 155 uh, for a crack at the lightweight title. So if you were to put Volkanovski in there against Oliveira or Islam. You've got a very different prospect on your hands. You've got a very different, completely different rounded fighter, athlete. How how would you see that going? I know it's this is purely hypothetical because so much can happen between here and Saturday, Sunday, and presumably uh this fight won't happen until, you know, at least six months from now. So are we talking about uh are we talking about 
Volkanovski versus Oliveira. That's the first option. So, so, is so, e- so either or. So we know that Volkanovski. So Volkanovski is a stand-in uh, and, and will be there in the case that you know one of them drops out. Um, but regardless of that, Volkanovski will be next for either Oliveira uh, or uh, or um, oh, or Islam. I think I think he loses both those fights. To be honest. Okay. Well, that's I don't think I don't, I don't think that he's big enough, per, and that's it. Mm. Plain, plain and simple. I think that I I just think that yeah, I just think that everywhere he'd lose, uh, honestly. And, I, and I'm not disregarding Volkanovski's skill set. I think he's an absolutely amazing athlete, but uh, I think there's a huge difference between. It's like when Dustin Poirier moved up to lightweight. And then Max Holloway had a rematch against him for the interim lightweight title at lightweight. Like Dustin was not as good at featherweight as he was at lightweight because he's a natural lightweight. You know, Max Holloway is a natural featherweight. So when he moved up, there was a huge transition and difference in power, you know. And I think that Volkanovski is a natural featherweight. And I think Oliveira is a natural lightweight as opposed to what he was a featherweight. That's very clear by his dominance. And I also think that Islam is, is clearly, he's probably more of a natural welterweight, actually. He's huge. but So I just think that simply power and size alone, because at that level, you're talking about 1% when it comes to differences in skill. I think it'll be an overpowering challenge to get over power and size at the lightweight division for Volkanovski. He's just too small. Okay. Let's take a look at the, the co-main event for the night, which is the, the Bantamweight title fight between uh, TJ Dillashaw, uh, who has had one fight since he's he's come back from his PED suspension. So he had the win over Corey Sandhagen last July. That was his comeback mm. fight. Uh, himself and Sterling were supposed to fight last month, I think, in September. Uh, and then it got kicked out to, to 280. Um, Sterling has been on... Uh, Quite the run. Obviously, had the the title win uh, by DQ against Peter Yan uh, in March of last year. Had the mm. rematch in April of this year. Won the split decision. Uh, now I know TJ has been been having his his say uh, quite vocally this week. He's in the shape of his life. Uh, he's uh, been uh, rather critical of Aljamain Sterling, saying, "You know, when it comes to the UFC and their intro videos, uh, we can't put together a highlight reel for you because it's not like you're the kind of fighter who delivers on highlights or any kind of special moments in your fight at who said, all." Who said? Who said that about who? Uh, TJ in relation to Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, he's smack-talking, is he? Oh, okay. absolutely uh, smack-talking. Uh, <laughs> like, TJ's going in there with the, with the mentality of going, okay, look, I got done for my, I got done for my suspension. Uh, I didn't lose the title that I had won uh, and, and, and won quite hard in, in the, the first case. Uh, obviously, had the, the loss to Cejudo when he went for, for the, the shot at the, the double title. Um, but mm. he, credit to him, like, I like seeing TJ Dillashaw fight. Um, he's 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 done the crime. He's served his time. Um, he's very capable. Uh, usually very entertaining. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, I like as as uh, I don't know. There's there's just something quite affable about him as a as a person. Uh, at, the, at the very least, and this is being like these are so general, broad strokes. Um, but uh, I would, I would hazard this is going by way of TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, I, 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 I'm on the same same boat as you there. Like, I just feel like that TJ is a little bit more well rounded, and I think that 
he could break Sterling. I think I'm not a fan of TJ Delashaw personality wise. Fan of his skills, not a fan of his personality really. Uh, well, but the, the personality stuff like is from a pure objective standpoint. Yeah. I think he's winning this fight. Yeah, I think he's taking it. How is he going to do it? I think he'll probably. I think it's another tough one, really. I think quite possibly that he'll finish Sterling in the fourth round. I think it'll get to the stage because Sterling does have an old, an old cheeky habit of gassing out. He okay. does, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he, he tends to fade in the later rounds, and he tends to to uh, to blow his gasket. I was going to say something else. Blow his gasket a little bit early in the fight. So I think that that's probably going to happen uh, in the contest as well. He, he might give it everything to win the first couple of rounds and then coast the last few. Which is, if I if I'm mistaken, that's kind of how it went with the Peter Yan fight as well, wasn't it? The second fight where he kind of won the first three by taking the back, and then it kind of coasted along for the last two. Mm-hmm. I think like, that could happen again. Like yeah. you, you watched the you watched the countdown uh, earlier this week. Um, TJ TJ was on the countdown saying that Sterling doesn't have the mentality that he has that he's going to bite down in the might piece that he's going to beat the shit out of you. Um, he says that Sterling, as as a fighter, while he doesn't have any concerns about him, is a fighter who is willing to give up. He sees the quit in him. He is going to make him quit. He's not worried about you know what's going to happen. It's just it's like it's like TJ sees this already as a as a complete mismatch. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't say it as a complete. I think that's probably his ego. You know, he's probably being a bit narcissistic there. I'd say, which is dangerous, but also rewarding if you're uh, if you're kind of like so invested in it. It's also dangerous. Uh, I think that you know you can't underestimate somebody who is a champion. You know, and somebody who has come back from a very resilient situation with the first fight against Jan and his criticism. Uh, it showed a lot of character. I think that showed a lot of character for Sterling. And uh, I, I was surprised by the outcome as well. So I'm not going to underestimate him. I, and I think that that, that I think that goes... Exa- in a way, we're kind of in the same category as the Charles Oliveira debate. Like, oh, well, he's given up before. Yeah, but what about the man he is now? You know? <laughs> you know, do we have to keep picking out the negatives all the time? You can take it in consideration, but I wouldn't hold too much weight on it. Like, you know, and I don't think either should TJ if he's smart. Unless he's, he's probably, he's probably just playing mind games. He's probably just playing mind games. Maybe he truly believes it. Maybe he doesn't. I think he actually believes it. I think he's the type of character that would actually believe that. But I don't think that he's, uh, I don't think that's a smart game plan. Yeah. And we shouldn't, I, 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 please don't, don't take this in that I'm trying to take anything away at all from, from Aljamain Sterling. Absolutely not. I think going in there, uh, as a champion who won the belt and then defended it, uh, and then obviously has like he's he's had those couple of good wins. He's had the wins against Corey Sandhagen, either win against uh, uh, Pedro Munoz, uh, and you're you're probably going back three or four years, four maybe five years um, uh, since he's lost a fight, and he's and he's picked him up, or he's picked himself up. Then I know he's I know he had the injury that was talking about the neck surgery. There was a couple of other things uh, that were coming into into play when. And just- 
Just excuse me for a second. What? What did? How did he beat Pedro Munoz? I didn't know that he beat him. Uh, yeah, unanimous decision. You're going back to this was oh. UFC two forty thirty the thirty eight whatever was kind of the summer the summer card from 2019. As uh, so you're talking that's three, very, that's three years win. ago, Pedro Munoz is good. It is, yeah. And like we saw, we saw uh, like Sean O'Malley went up against him earlier this year. Um, it ended up in the it ended in the the no contest accidental eye poke fight didn't continue beyond the the middle of the second round. Um, mm. So I would I would have been interested to see how O'Malley would finish out against uh, Munoz because that obviously feeds into the next fight, which is O'Malley uh, and Peter Yan. So O'Malley is in there. He says, uh, or it was quoted somewhere during the week, saying that this is the kind of fight that um, that you know makes superstars uh peter yan is determined that this is the kind of fight that shuts down that uh sean o'malley hype whereas sean has seen it going okay well if if uh, i'm real the hype is real uh i get this win against yan then uh who i've beaten as a as a former title holder as a former top contender as the current top contender uh, and that puts him immediately into the frame for the winner of TJ Dillashaw and uh, Aljamain oh, yeah. Sterling um, there's an awful lot at stake uh, for Sean O'Malley uh, mm. I think on, on the on the personality side of things that I don't know where because you you lose it you lose this fight on on paper um, there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of guys in the bantamweight division that are looking for their own crack at yeah. top contender at the title side of things. Yan is obviously yeah. very much in that picture there. Um, probably way more to gain for O'Malley uh, than there is for Yan out of it. But like even yeah. even stylistically, how would you see how would you see this going at the weekend? I think Yan's going to destroy O'Malley. I really don't see. It. I don't. I don't see it going any other. I think O'Malley's going to go in there and he's going to give a little bit of resistance. And I think that he's probably going to have a good first round. And he's going to because he's flashy and it's his moment and and he's going to give it everything. And you look, it's a chaotic environment. In my opinion, is that Peter Yan is a is a bit of a step up far too soon. And you know, you know, while we're on the topic of kind of egos and narcissism a little bit, like. O'Malley's like that too, you know. He's bravado, his self-esteem is very high. Uh, but but also he doesn't take responsibility for his failures, his shortcomings. He's, you know, a little bit delusional, you know. He's very showy and bravado. So at the same time, if his self-esteem is high, but he cares so much about what people think that he has to have the, the cool tattoos and the flashy hair and the you know, and the, and the car and the lifestyle, you know, so there's a weakness to that too. You don't hear a lot about uh, Peter Yan's kind of lifestyle. He's just a hard worker. He's a grafter, you know? So I think that he's a little bit delusional, Sean, as well. Like, I mean, to come out with that last fight against Pedro Munoz and to say that Pedro Munoz was looking for a way out is insanely, it's just insanely immature and uh, delusional. Yeah. So I think that if he brings that mindset into this fight, he's going to pay a harsh price because Peter Yan, his nickname should be the computer because he just, he, he reads you, he figures you out and he makes you pay. And he's extremely, 
extremely good fight IQ. He's one of the highest fight IQs in the game at the moment. Him and Charles Oliveira are very high fight IQ. And how you can judge that is just not by technique, but it's by somebody's adaptation within a contest. How fast can they figure you out and adapt in a chaotic environment? You know, And Jan and Oliveira are very good at that. That's a fairly solid summation of what may happen at the weekend. Uh, I like mm. it. Uh, and I know we, we touched on it before. I mean, if, if O'Malley if O'Malley can't get past Jan, you've got Marlon Vera in there. Rob Font is in there. Corey Sandhagen mm. is in there. Merab is in there. Uh, you mentioned Pedro Munoz is in there. I don't know what... I don't think Dominic Cruz is going to get a tilt at the, the Bantamweight title again, but he's... He's still knocking around there uh, somewhere in, in the rankings, at least. Uh, even Frankie mm. Edgar is in there, though. He's uh, looking at retirement out of his out of his next fight. OK, so they're the, they're the main fight. They're the main fights out of the UFC 280 card. It is this coming uh, Saturday night prelims from around about um, uh, midnight ish. And then I think it's a three. I think it's a 3 a.m. card. It's out in Abu Dhabi anyway. So it's uh, UFC 280. I've got to check this now just in case they've done any kind of changes for the winter. Have they? Yeah. Oh, they have. It's Saturday. The main card at seven o'clock. What? The main what? card. The main card is at seven o'clock. Oh, of course, because Abu Dhabi is at like four hours ahead in the winter or something. Okay, well then that completely changes. Um, that completely changes what we're going to Don't do wait. on Saturday night. Fantastic. The preliminary card gets underway from three o'clock in the afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves oh, one very busy Saturday afternoon of fight action. We do. I'm Fantastic. Be, I'm clearing my calendar now. That's Calendar's it. Calendar's cleared. Uh, so if, if that's the case, if the main card starts at five o'clock, seven o'clock, excuse me, with Caitlin Chikagian and uh, Man on Furo, we should then see uh, Charles Oliveira and Islam Makachev uh, out somewhere <laughs> between nine o'clock and ten o'clock on Saturday night. That's Fantastic. Ah, oh, you gotta love it when they move the when they move the cards out there. Uh, very briefly, a couple of other things uh, that have come across uh, our radar for this week. Um, there was a uh, talk we'd mentioned uh, Khabib uh, briefly, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov as former uh, UFC lightweight champion. A uh, couple of things uh, we spotted that uh, Javier Mendez. Uh, who you know quite well, has suggested that uh, Khabib is is very comfortable as a as a coach, isn't making any plans at all uh, to return to the fighting side of things. Nor should he, I think, at this stage of going. But we did hear from Khabib that he he reckons that Tony Ferguson now is the time to call it a day. Done and dusted. Yeah. He says he's or says or suggests that he's fighting. He's fighting for money um, with California-based fighters. Uh, and, and maybe you've, you've experienced this or you, you know from your, your dealings with the guys in California as well uh, on the tax side of things it's 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 quite mad uh, 50% of your your winnings can be can be squirreled away in, in taxes so um, the big yeah. the big sounding paydays aren't always as big sounding uh, in reality as, as they are um, on paper or to a fan's ears uh, is the time right is the time now for Tony Ferguson to go Done and dusted. Don't mind looking for a different promotion. Just hang up them gloves. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I what, what my biggest worry. I, I was I was talking to you about this before. You know, my biggest worry with with Tony is that what happens when he does retire? Uh, how is he going to fill that void? Like to me, I don't think I don't think it's uh, I don't think this is just me. I think a lot of people can kind of see and get the vibe off Tony that he hasn't got like there's a couple of mental health issues going on up there 
and fighting is the way to channel it. And that's why he's been such a good fighter. But I do feel like that he could turn into a bit of a journeyman because I don't think he has it together as to what he's going to do after fighting. You know, that's why he's, I think he's come back even a little bit too many times as it is, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I, I think that even against Nate, uh, from what I can see is that Nate Diaz is just a raging stoner that doesn't really give a shite about anything. And I think he could just stay losing and keep his personality and everyone think he's great. Nate is Nate. Nate is who he is. I think Tony has uh, some issues that are really dug down mm. that come up to the surface too much to consciousness and are filtered very heavily into fighting, which is why he's a good fighter. But also, more than likely, you know, without going too deep into the analyzing people, I think it's maybe that's not the case. But from what I see, I think he hasn't found out what his purpose is outside of fighting. And that's what's holding him back from retiring so I don't think he's going to actually retire I think he's going to have a few more fights and I don't think he should I think he should retire and find out some sort of other meaning and purpose in his life you know because okay. he's done enough what else has he got to prove like, yeah. really last one I have for you because we spent a little bit of time watching videos uh, before uh, we pressed record on today <laughs> was, yeah. the, was the news that um, seemingly we're going to see a new uh, uh, Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta backed uh, power slapping league. Uh, is, this a, is this the kind of thing that we can expect uh, people coming into Team Ryan and Kenny now to prepare for? I'm um, fucking going now. I'm coming straight. I'm coming. I'm coming straight back out of my last MMA contest, and I'm fucking switching straight up to this power slapping crack. Uh, I'm gonna make good money. I'm gonna get make good money. You can be my manager, Ken. Do you offer the you offer the job? Can I? Take, I'll just take that twenty percent, and I will watch you get the head. Twenty percent. You're already getting twenty percent. I'm the one getting willingly fucking slapped every two seconds. You're standing back there, just going to be there Friday. Fuck off. Hey, look, managers got to eat, man. Cost of living and everything else. Is, it's gone through the roof. We're like hagg- we're haggling here. How, at the how do you think I pay for all of those Michelin star lunches that I keep promising to bring people on? <laughs> 20%, 20%. That's how it works. Um, but but in, in, in reality, this we is... Wa- yeah, well, in reality, we were watching it and it's great crack, shock value, bit of banter. But I do feel like it's the step into the freak show too far, not yeah. taking people's health into consideration as much as they should. You know, it's like the whole crazy Russian MMA shows where they throw four people against four and it's all carnage. I mean, you know, I mean, when, when's it a step too far? I mean, it's just, you know, of course you're going to get knockouts at every show. You know, if that isn't it, if they, this could potentially be more dangerous than all that crazy Russian show stuff, because mm. you're standing there, and you're not, it's not a slap, okay? It's like, a, it's just a, a slap. If anybody's taken a slap with the with the meaty part of the palm, not towards the top of the fingers, they understand that it's a punch as much as it is a slap. Yeah. It's actually double. It's worse than a punch in a lot of ways. So you are going to get knocked out. You're willingly getting knocked out. You're willingly go damage me, damage my health, damage my mental health. That's basically what it is. Like, I, I can't promote it. It was great crack to watch. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, we'll leave it there for this week. This has been All Things MMA. Uh, he's been Miles Price. How can people get in touch? Uh, 
teamrhinotilkenny at gmail.com or our website or Instagram. Excellent. I've been Ken McGuire for scoreline.e and KCLR and we'll do this all again next week. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck.